sharing news and community information that truly matters to you for Michiana. This is Michiana 101 with Sylvia Stark. Hi, Ron. Looks like we're on take number two here. I think we're back at it again here. Yeah. All right. So welcome to Michiana 101 with Sylvia Stark and you're listening. This is Keith Thews, station manager for this podcast station and your source for local news. Michiana, news source one, Michiana. There we go. And uh, we're taking a second attempt at talking to Ron Varash. And Ron is our racing expert and has been well-known and well-loved in this area for um, racing expertise and help and, and just whatever. And uh, so, Ron, uh, for Michiana 101, for Sylvia's cast, uh, let's try a second take at this. Why don't you go ahead and tell us about yourself and, and how you got into this? Okay. Actually, nine years old, so I'm pushing 60. And, uh, boy, I feel it some days. But, uh, you know, my younger years, I was always a big fan. My dad and I would go to South Bend, New Paris, and Plymouth, local speedways, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And, I mean, we'd watch some NASCAR on TV, go to a few Indy 500s over the time. But it was really local racing was kind of the big deal. And then we kind of start spreading out, going to a Villa, Angola, Grand Rapids, Hartford, Kalamazoo. And then it was starting, you know, saying, you know, you're doing a couple hundred miles out following ASA, still a lot of local racing. And we went to uh, Super Mods, going to Pennsylvania and Ohio for several shows in the years with uh, some East Coast racing and, you know, World of Outlaw Sprints. I mean, we followed all kinds of race tracks, kind of South Bend, just down the street from me, but... You know, it wouldn't be nothing to jump in the car and go to Kankakee on a Friday night or, you know, Wilmot Speedway in Wisconsin or Indianapolis Raceway Park. You know, Winchester, love that track down there. They actually, they got a show there tonight that I will make sure I am at next year at this time. But, uh, you know, we started about 2000. We had a vintage car group and some of the guys got together and they invited me to join them. And they said, hey, we don't have, really have a vintage car group around here, vintage race cars. And would you like to join? And I'm like, well, I don't have a car, but. You know, I did used to write when I was in high school, so I thought, well, I can maybe, you know, announce, and, you know, I got a lot of old photo books, as I would have photos from going back to the 60s, when I would get $2 a week allowance, and I'd buy a couple pictures a week from the picture stand at the Speedway, and then in 74, I got a 110 camera, so I'm starting to take pictures on uh, a limited basis, because he had to buy your film and pay to get it developed, and so then I ended up getting about a 35 millimeter, I'm going to say in the mid-80s, and start using that. So I had a lot of photos. So we started going to tracks, and I had the photo books on display, and people were like, oh, my God, look at that. My uncle used to be so-and-so. Do you have any pictures of him? His name was Ernie Nash. Oh, he drove the 68 car, Casper. Yeah. Oh, we got pictures here, and Frank Dembski and Dave Warrig and Dave Weaver, a lot of Jigs Myers, a lot of the guys that were locally big names around here. I had photos of from the black and white days, and then even, even when I would go to the racetrack, I would take regular pictures of them. And we started that vintage car group going to vintage different tracks. And I got to where I would announce more and more. And we joined forces with an Ohio vintage group. So we had more shows going on there. And going about 2008, South Bend Motor Speedway had closed up. And it looked like it was closed up for good. And a group of a few of us got together and say, let's do a save race out there. And that was going to be in October of 09. If we didn't do a show by October 15th, it would have been closed for good. At the local ordinance he had to have a show a year 
And we kind of just, we're just going to do a little get together, have a few couple, like the vintage cars out there, a couple race cars race, kind of make it an official event just to keep it for the uh, ordinance issues. This thing took off. The next thing you know, we had a race day. We had 171 race cars. We had some vintage cars there. And all in all, we had 186 cars there. Over 5,500 people showed up. The place was saved for another day. And I thought, wow. And... Even I remember of, seeing those pictures. I remember I remember seeing that. That was incredible. Yeah, amazing what it was. And we did another show the following year to keep it open. And then the Browns got it, and then they got a bit on it. So then it stayed open. Kind of get 18, about 2004, I started doing car shows at the local malls. I was doing Concord and doing Michigan City. Michigan City, I did it for about 10 years. I could get people out there, but I couldn't get cars. And it was just tough to get more than 15, 20 cars at a show over there. But Concord, it took off. And up until two, three years ago, before the China virus or the, the coronavirus hit, we were up into the 70s and 80s with car having The place was darn near packed with people. It was amazing to see a mall that was almost dead, full of people. And the mall was just, you know, we had the demo cars. We had, uh, you know, the local race cars. And I just don't go to South Bend. I'll go to New Paris. I'll go all over the place. So, a lot of drivers, they may not go to other tracks just because I, I, I mean, I feel like I'm treated fairly or the rules are different or now I'm not even interested. I would go around a different track. So when we did that show at, at Concord Mall, we'd have cars from seven different race tracks. We'd have a couple touring divisions. We'd have some show cars in there. And hopefully if the mall is an operating force next year. Uh, we will definitely have a car show in the spring. And I wanted to do one. Oh, that and we were like, hey, there might be a sheriff's sale. Um, man, if you put your insurance down on that and then you have to cancel for that, I'm not sure what all legal battles it would be to get the money back, you know, $1,000 plus. And, you know, you're putting a lot of risk and time out there. So I kind of like, oh, maybe I better check it out and just not do one. But it uh, looks like the mall's under new ownership and they're trying to get new business in there. And uh, hopefully we can do a show out there. And it's great because it's free to walk in. You'd have 70 cars there. You'd have all kinds of different types of race cars. People are doing handouts all weekend. And it's just a neat little like a family, you know, with a racing family. But uh, kind of going even um, here, a little more recent, you know, we're at South and Motor City doing interviews in the victory lane for the last, I'm thinking, four. Now I got a little camcorder, nothing fancy. And some people get a kick how it's not fancy. You know, we have to make sure it's plugged in and we have to cap on the camera sometimes. And it's all handheld. It's kind of cool, but we do the victory lane interviews at South Bend. And then we, when we get over to New Paris for about five shows a year, we do them over there. And then at McLawn Speedway, now it's like that's three hours away, three and a half hours south of here, southeast. And a buddy of mine got that track a couple of years ago, leased it. And um, I do my photos down there, um, kind of the, semi, the official photographer down there. And then I do my setups down there with the old photo books and Hot Wheels and stuff. And it's taken off. And we race about eight times a year over there. We had a rain out last week. So we're having our biggest race of the year this Sunday, the Rain Tree 100 for the Modifieds. And hopefully the weather's good. I'm, I'm glad they called it when they did so I didn't have to even, uh, even get one mile down the road. Because nothing, you know, the gas prices the way they are. You don't want to drive and then rain out. Then you turn around and it's like, oh, God. And it takes, you know, a lot of energy out of you. Just, But, uh, you know, it's uh, local racing. It's taking some hits with this, the, the economy right now. And the racing tires with Hoosier, they're only lasting a night for the most part, running 500-plus a set. 
And uh, if the payoff's not covering that, then drivers are picking and choosing their events. You know, Plymouth Speedway's reopened up this year under pavement, and uh, Kevin Sauer and the Sauer family got a hold of that track. It was dirt. They took the dirt off the paved. The, the paved track was still in good shape. Um, they did some patch-up work in places in the corners and that, and they're having some really good shows down there, and they're actually racing this Friday night. And uh, Sopin's got a big race, uh, the little gambler for the front-wheel drive class. And over there, but this heat index is going to be pretty tough with a lot of drivers and even some fans. So we're going to have to kind of monitor that. But, uh, you know, racing's still, you know, holding true. It's uh, M40s under new uh, lease ship, I guess you might call it, with Ann Santora from Galesburg. They're trying to race on Friday nights. Friday nights have been tough with weather. I think the last like six nights there's probably been four or five rainouts. It's just <laughs> it's just a bad day for weather uh, for racing. Um, Saturday nights you got new pairs still having shows down there um, weekly, and they got another show this this weekend down there. And like I say, South Bend's mostly still on a Saturday night program. Plymouth's been kind of on a Friday and a Saturday. Um, they're gonna have a big race next Saturday coming up down there. And like say my McLawn track, which is down there, uh, three hours of down, that's always on a Sunday. So that works kind of works out so I can get to Friday and Saturday, then, you know, jump down there on a Sunday and, uh, Hartford speedway, they're racing on Friday nights and they've been having some tough weather issues over there as well. They got shady Hill, which is over by Madaryville. It's a Saturday night dirt track. Some of the guys that used to run Plymouth on dirt are racing over there. And they got, um, they got like a special for one class, like mostly for like here and there. And uh, they got Kalamazoo Speedway. They're still racing on Friday nights. And um, they're kind of, they had like, they, they've had a, a week off here. And they're kind of back in the racing mode again. They just had their really their biggest race of the year, the uh, clash last weekend over there. And, uh, but uh it's like I say that right now with racing, the weather, you know, you got to watch that forecast and boy, sometimes that doom and gloom forecast all week and it can kind of hurt the crowd. And, you know, it's been tough. Some of these tracks, it's like when it's 95 outside, and you're sitting there going, wow, this is, this is really hot out here. <laughs> like, oh, I understand that. Outside board. Yeah. I've been having to work in it at, at Bristol where I work for, for Lippert and I'm packing my house up right now and, getting ready to move and it's you know got to keep the air off and it gets pretty stifling in there as i'm packing stuff up and so i understand how that how that heat goes and and there's a few other tracks too like like uh montville we've been sharing some of the information from montville and yeah too yeah and uh, like say you got montville they're racing on saturday nights and they got um, kind of like a front wheel drive class and a Hornet class. And they're looking at trying to start a class like we got called the crown Vic. So we'll see where that's actually going there. It's, uh, with only one track up here running them, it might be tough for drivers just to want to just get another car, you know, cause sometimes it's like the old talk is there's too many different classes of cars and it makes it tough when, uh, you know, the rules are a little bit different and guys are like, yeah, the old days you could take a late model at this track, this track, and this track and not change a thing. Now it's like, okay, the tires are a little different. Oh, the width's a little bit different. The bodywork, you know, the front, the front spoiler is a little bit different. And it's like, oh my goodness. Some, you know, the old rule book used to be one page. Now I think it's like a phone book. And it's, uh, it's kind of like the sportsman class. That's kind of like between a late model and a street stock. They're pretty close on the rules around here. 
the late models are just a little different. A couple of the tracks in this um, region, I guess you could say, with the wedge body and then the front wheel drive and the Hornet classes can be sometimes they'll run a different tire, which might make it, you know, change, you know, where guys like, I don't want to buy another set of tires just to run at that track. And the street right. stocks can be a little different with body rules there, too, and, and even tires for that matter there. Yeah, because I remember when we got a chance to meet in person for the first time over my old location of work, we were talking about the different rules and different regulations. One more racing question for you, uh, Ron, and that is, would you explain to us probably the biggest race in Michiana, the Grand Slam in Plymouth? What is that? We're two races in out of four. Can you explain how that works and what okay. what's start out and stuff like that? When the Speedway got bought, you know, they're like, let's get something going that gets some, generates some interest. And they came up with the name, uh, a lot of people vote, you know, kind of put names in there, and they came up with the Grand Slam series. And Kevin's a big baseball fan, uh, Kevin Sauer. He's always at a lot of the baseball games and stuff. He even, he, he even caught a ball at the World or at the uh, All-Star game one year. And, uh, oh, wow. I, don't know if he, I don't know if he signed out any autographs after all that happened, but he got a lot of notoriety on Facebook with it and stuff. But at any rate, they came up with that Grand Slam series. So they had their first race. It was June. I believe it was June 4th. And it was a progressive pay. So the first race it paid, I think, 6000 to win for the late models. Might have been 5000 And they had three other classes there. And then when they have the next race, if you are at that first race, now you're racing for $7,000. And then I believe it's up to $20,000 for the fourth race for the same same class of cars, the super late models, the wedge body. And then there's other stock. The street stocks are doing a progressive pay as well. And the sportsmen are doing a deal as well as the uh, front wheel drive and then the Hornets at different races. And I believe next the, the 30th, they got the next Grand Slam race down there. It's a Saturday night and it's going to be the late models. I'm thinking street stocks and I'm thinking Hornets at least are the classes there. And probably do you really need to go to the Plymouth Speedway website to get exactly what classes are running. And I believe they're going to be at that stage three and I think $10,000. So if you race at the first two races and now you're at the third one and you win, it'll be 10,000. If he didn't make the first, they run at the first two races, I think it's 5,000. So oh, 10,000 isn't nothing to sneeze at. That's for sure. Yeah. And that got that show the 30th. And then the following Thursday, the first Thursday in August will be the Sizzler at New Paris. And they're paying 10,000 to win for a one day show. Now they're going to, Oh my, 10,000 to win. Good. Wow. Yeah. And that's the one Tyler Wurgs went three in a row at. And he's just been dynamite over at New Paris. He works. They have that bigger inversion, but then they do that madhouse restart. And it seems like there's always a lot of wrecks early on. And Tyler might be, you know, back in 14th or 15th. The next thing you know, by lap three, he's starting outside roll three on a restart. And it's with the wrecks and cars of the pits and stuff. And sometimes wow. he only had to pass a couple cars and off he goes. And, uh, but still exciting racing. I mean, the one year they had a guy, Bud Perry, he was in the last chance race. He started like 20th, ended up winning a race. And with those Madhouse restarts, it's up to anybody. I mean, um, Tyler's had it one a couple times, and one time he went, ran out of gas just a couple laps ago. So it was, it's it, you need to just be on the track at the tail end on that lead lap, and anything could happen in the last 10 laps. And wow. that's 10,000 to win show for the super late. That's the wedge body. And okay. People will see them on my when I do like my posting and stuff. That's going to be the cars you'll see at New Paris um, for special shows in South Bend and Plymouth when they do the regular shows. 
and that's like the wedge body late models. And uh, Kevin's got the uh, oh the Buzz Lightyear car, and you'll see the yellow twenty two of Rich Bowl, uh, the blue twenty two of Corey Pressler. You'll see the ninety five of Steve Stacy and guys like that. Then they'll have the modifieds at New Paris too coming up on that Sizzler night. I think it's going to be fifteen hundred to win. I haven't seen the exact payoff yet. And they'll get hopefully about 20, 22 modifieds too. You don't have many modifieds in this area. That's more of an I-69 corridor, really from Indianapolis to uh, Flint, Michigan, where those cars are based at. Angola, there's some some guys out of Fort Wayne that will run Angola. Some guys run McClellan. We got some guys that down McClellan, you know, I-69 down there. We got like a group of like, we get about 24, 26 a week down there, which is unheard of at this day and stage. But uh, you'll get some, you know, Matt Mowers, a local car over this way. And there's a couple other guys that hopefully will get their cars together and uh, join the field. But it's mostly Fort Wayne cars and Angola guys that will come over and run it over there at New Paris. And All right. So, so, that's, so like, hey, that's a sizzler. That's going to be August when I'm testing my memory here. I think it's like, I think that's August 4th. I think it's. A, I think I've seen those posts today. mentioned and we've been sharing, you've been sharing. And, and uh, that's going to be some pretty exciting racing that's coming up. Besides doing the racing, you also are a, a COVID survivor, aren't you? Yeah, I had that, and that really it, it kind of got me good. I did that swap meet in Goshen Thanksgiving weekend. The following weekend, I was painting at my father's house all weekend because he passed away, and I'm trying to paint it up. And my thought was, well, you know what? I can do a, like a hobby show at my father's house. I get the first couple of rooms painted. I put my tables out, photo books. And if no one shows up, I'm still working on a different part of the house. If someone shows up, we sell something great. Because a lot of people are like, man, these shelves are so empty with racing stuff. And you always have a lot of stuff. And I'm always stocking things up. Die cast, you name it. I'm on eBay. Actually, I'm on Facebook Marketplace on a page now. Just that I flipped to it real quick while you're sending me the link. And I'm looking at stuff there. But uh, I worked one day. And I was going to take the next day off. And... I woke up, felt uh, tired, and was like, oh, boy, I felt like I went through one of those old-style ringers, like the old-style clothes ringers. And I had shortness of breath for like, oh, I'm going to go say almost three weeks. And then a, a gal I worked with, this is about Christmas time, she says, hey, how's your, how's your shortness of breath going? I'm like, oh, my God, I'm still like at a second and a half. That's all I can breathe. And she says, man, you better want to go to the hospital, get this checked out. So I went to UltraCare because my doctor had retired in the meantime. And they said, you need to go ER right now. So I was at the hospital for a stay there. And they checked. I thought maybe pneumonia or blood, you know, clotting in the lungs. That's what they talked about a lot with what, where you get the shortness of breath because of the fluid buildup. And they said, hey, you're clear to that. You just got a severe case of it. And I got AB negative blood. And that's one of the blood types that the disease, the virus can't. Uh, if you get A positive or B positive, that virus will get killed before you really ingest it or get it in you. But AB negative, it gets actually inside of you. And there's oh, wow. antibodies with AB negative to actually fight it. And then you get it in you. And then a lot of people, you get a severe case of it. And uh, that's one of the blood types that, you know, it can turn uh, actually critical pretty bad in a hurry there. So mm -hmm. it's one of those things that hopefully this disease is long gone. And, you know, we got the immunity build up, but they keep coming. Of it and stuff like that. And there's, you never know what's going to happen here, you know, with different things in the world going on. But, uh, yeah, that wiped me out for like a month at work, and I need. I was like, I got pictures to more pictures to transfer and other things I could get done and bracing memorabilia to follow up. I was lucky to stay up two, three hours at a time. <laughs> so. Wow, I remember we did a real good interview just before New Year's, and if you go through our anchor 
archives, uh, you can get a chance to hear the, the full interview. It's really informative, and I appreciate Ron spending time with me then for, for that, and a lot of folks really appreciated the COVID. I had COVID. My second parents had COVID the same time, same week, Memorial Day, and it wasn't as strong what you had, but besides doing all this awesome stuff with the racing and the post-sharing and the photography and driving all over Indiana and, and wherever else, tell us about yourself. What do you do outside of racing? Um, cool. What you for a job and, and you're married, right? Oh, actually, no. I'm just, I've got a, a great uh, girlfriend, Rhonda, and we've been together okay. five years and actually six years. Well, I'm getting in trouble here, but six years. And I got a couple of guppy fish tanks. So I've always had fish. When my uh, daughters were born, I uh, started a fish tank again. And, uh, you know, you get the itch. And the next thing you know, um, you feed them well. And you got a lot of plants in the tank. They have a lot of babies. And we got two tanks going pretty good now with, uh, some fancy guppies and some high, you know, uh, top sore tail, bottom sore tail. Not, uh, not, you know, like the ones you see at the fish stores. It's some fancy ones like that, but then there's ones that don't have the really super fancy. Thing, but they're pretty cool looking. You know, kind of follow music too. I like my uh, 60s, 70s, and 80s style music. And mm -hmm. uh, boy, I tell you, I like my Bigfoot shows and UFO shows. So I'm always watching all that, you know, the expedition Bigfoots and the UFO stuff that's on, I'm always taping that stuff because at the racetrack on Sundays, I miss the Bigfoot show. So it's always uh, taping on that. And really, it's just kind of following up and, you know, lots of many things with racing in the off season. I'm looking, you know, someone says, hey, my grandfather used to race. And what was his name, you know, or what was the time frame? What was the track? And um, I mean, I got books just a little bit all over the place. And usually, you know, with racing, it's kind of like a year round thing, because even in the off season, we're doing those interview shows. And we'll uh -huh. I remember those. That's pretty neat. And we're going to do at Mikey's uh, Pizza uh, Pit Stop down in uh, Rochester. We're going to do some shows down there. He got with me about doing some shows. And Mike Thayer, he raced. He's one of the few drivers that's won on pavement at Plymouth in the old days. He won on dirt in the days at Plymouth. And now he's back racing pavement late model down at Plymouth. And he's got a pizza place down there. And I said, you know, we're going to set some Saturdays up to do that. We're going to do Fort Wayne again. We had a couple really good shows over there with the reunions. And uh, there's actually a really good sponsor down at Knightstown, Indiana, which is kind of closer to Indy. And a guy that used to race street stocks with the CRA, he's got a modified. He sold his business and he's got a, a pizza on rib place. And it's called Red Bones. And he brought some pizza in at the last show at McLaughlin and, you know, he says, you want a couple of pieces of pizza, Ron? I said, you know what? I can do that. And I'm trying to take pictures real quick. So I got the camera in one hand and the pizza in my other hand. And I'm like, my God, this pizza was good. I had like two pieces. I said, oh, my God, I got to go back and get a couple more. So I ended up having like four pieces out of it. And like maybe like a sodium attack, you know, running around in the sun, taking pictures of eating pizza. But, oh, my God, that was some good stuff. So I talked to Phil and we might do some shows down there, too, and get some other drivers from McLaughlin Speedway plus some other drivers in the area that may not run McLaughlin that I know over the years and you know you always want to get these old timers for interview shows because you never know the last time you can talk to them and, and um, a lot of memories you have shared over the over, over the years and please continue to share those on our on our page on New Source 1 Michiana so hey Ron I want to thank you so much for taking time to uh, give everybody a chance to get a chance to know you and you've been doing an awesome job. Keep it up. Yeah, I got so many pictures. Like we did four weeks in a row, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, with Plymouth, South Bend, and McLaughlin, or another track. 
and I still got some more pictures to pull. So I'm still trying to play catch up with the SD card. <laughs> so oh, I know you got so much archives. It, it's it's awesome. And uh, on behalf of all of us, thank you. I know I was hoping to get up to the South Bend or Plymouth or stuff, but with these crazy gas prices when they were, you know, high fours and and mid fives, it's it's been it, it really hurts for travel. Yeah, and something too we talk about with racing, we still got the kids doing the mini wedges too at South Bend. They're going to have a show at New Paris on the thirtieth. Okay. Uh, one, so we're you know kind of getting some shows down there. And I remember you were at the speedway that night when those kids were coming up and you know saying, "Hey, how you doing?" Buying stuff and you know, you saw how much different it was than like at the Grand Prix or at the five hundred. How you know people are so accessible to speedway, the local tracks. Oh yeah, that that was awesome. You know, it's kind of cool. Yeah, that... He's a race driver. You know, he's like little, probably what, two, three foot tall in a fire suit. It's like, that's not a Halloween outfit. You know, he's actually racing you know, the mini wedges. So it's kind of cool seeing those kids growing up and doing that kind of stuff. And, you know, just uh, like I say, it's all like one big family with racing. Because like say when someone's ill or someone's in need or something. And, you know, just like, wow, how many people like and show the support. Even at my daughter's wedding last weekend, my youngest got married. And I posted those pictures, what I took, you know, unofficial photographer, just took a few and people from racing and they, oh my God, those are great pictures. Oh, that was so cool. And uh, kind of a neat deal there. Yeah, well, she was going to get married last year, but we held her <laughs> was in South Korea, couldn't get, couldn't get to leave. So we moved everything back a year and it was almost like 12 days before, here she's come. She's going to be able to get over here for the States for the uh, wedding. And so she was able to make the wedding and uh, so pretty cool deal there so yeah that sounds like it well ron thank you for getting a chance to take some time i know it's been kind of crazy getting your schedule because of work and the running and the racing and all that stuff and my schedule now that i've closed on my house last friday and and getting things packed up and getting a lot of stuff thrown away because i got a downsize thank you so much for for taking time and and uh What's the best way that folks can get a hold of you? Is it on Facebook or through Messenger, or do you have a phone number that they can reach you for questions? Actually, my phone, it, it only works sporadically when I'm at my house. So kind of calling sometimes, it does work. Or, you know, Once I get away from my house, it doesn't really want to work until I get to my workplace with the Wi-Fi signal. So kind of calling is kind of a, it's a hit and miss because I could, I, I might say, oh, it's missed call. And I'm looking like, like two weeks ago and I thought, this first time I've seen it on the phone. <laughs> so it's one of those, it, it's an i7. It had a, a oh, kind of like a uh, issue with doing uh, updates. And it was supposed to be a free phone, you know, replacement, but I was off by three weeks. And I'm, th- I'm just going to keep this uh, son of a gun till it, it, it croaks on me here or I croak one or the other, but uh, I'm on Facebook. And just Ron Varash on Facebook, and you can hit say, hey, I'm, what tracks are going on? And normally, if you follow me on Facebook, I normally put everything on the news source page as well. And there's always a lot of racing, a lot of memories. And I'm always, you know, trying to promote different shows with lap money or bonus money and stuff there. But someone says, hey, what's going on at this track? I can send like a schedule or, you know, or just like say, you follow me on Facebook. There's always a lot of stuff because people are like, man, I went on your Facebook page, but man, I couldn't find that, that, that interview. Cause man, you got all kinds of stuff on there. And that's just kind of like what it is with racing. It's always, always posting a lot of information, a lot of different tracks, you know, a lot of people, you know, kind of look forward to that stuff and you want to do the best you can to inform people and, you know, display photos and, you know, promote the sport. And, um, and even the fun pictures where you pick on some people and, 
you know, kind of like look at what these two are doing here or something there. And uh, you got to keep it, you got to keep it fun too for what we're doing. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, Ron, thank you so much for the awesome job you've been doing. Keep it up and for all the shares and uh, look for, for Ron and his multiple posts on our page for new source one Michiana. And uh, hopefully maybe we'll get a chance to hook up before I get to the South and, uh, and, and see all the family and stuff and the new family down there. So thank you, Ron. And uh, I'll get ready to turn everything back over to, uh, to Sylvia. All so, right. Thanks so much. Have a good one, Ron. Oh, I definitely will. Take care now. You too. God bless and keep you safe. Okay. Bye-bye now. Yep. And back to Sylvia. Thanks so much. It is time for another round of events happening around the county or surrounding counties. The first one is for residents of Kazagi, Osco County. Tools for Schools event will take place on Wednesday, August 3rd at the Kazagi, Osco County Fairgrounds. You can donate to this cause by visiting www.ccgives.com. Students in grades kindergarten through 12th will be able to receive some school supplies as well as haircuts. And that will happen from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. For any questions, contact Amy Pitt at 574-797-0208. Contact Amy Pitt at 574-797-0208. There's another school coming to Elkhart. And it is the Eden Barber Academy. And they will be located at 111 Easy Shopping Place in Elkhart, Indiana. They will have an open house Sunday, January 24th from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. For more information, you can look them up at EdenBarberAcademy.com. The next event is Art Walk with for July and the theme is around the world and that will happen downtown Elkhart at the Central Park and Civic Plaza from 5 to 8 p.m. and they will be having a multicultural celebration. ADEC Picture Possibilities will be happening Saturday July 30th at the Elkhart Civic Plaza from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Froggy 102.7 will be broadcasting. There will be some fruit trucks and free cartoonitures and more. There is the last Saturday in August 27th. There will be play in a porch day. And this is where musicians are able to go outside and play random music of your choosing. You can register for this event that play music on the porchday.com. If you're looking to sell some food or some vendors or some items, you can join the fun at Indiana Black Expo LLC Elkhart as they present Leroy Robertson Southern Soul and Soul Music on the Green. They are looking for food trucks and vendors and that will happen Saturday August 27th. You can call or text 574-226-4228. Again, 574-226-4328. Hope you enjoy 
some of the events that's happening in or around the surrounding counties. You have been listening to Michiana 101 with Sylvia Stark. If you have a story or item to share, message her on our Facebook group, News Source 1 Michiana. Until next time, remember to stay safe and most importantly, Jesus loves you. Accept him as your Lord and Savior.